London Calling, London Walks Connecting. London Walks here with today's London Fix. Story time, history time. Let us now praise famous guides. In this instance, London Walks guide Anne Jones. I could listen to Anne all day. And that's not a rarefied, specialized taste. Like all great guides, gifted guides, Anne's got a following. People who go on her walks because she's guiding them. Or the name of a walk catches somebody's fancy, and they turn up with a moderate, mildly agreeable level of anticipation, and then they see that it's Anne guiding it, and the thing spikes. Moderate, agreeable anticipation becomes, oh, fantastic, she's guiding it. This is going to be a brilliant couple of hours. Best possible mix, fun and fascinating. Any number of reasons why Anne's walks are so good, but two or three that stand out are, one, Anne's professional background. She was a BBC journalist, so she knows how to tell a story. And part and parcel of that is her selection of particulars, of details, what ingredients go into her stories, and which ones end up on the cutting floor. Anne's like the chef de partie who goes to the wholesale fruit market in the morning and picks the very best fruits for that day's fruity desserts. And another reason is Anne's sense of mischief and fun, her sense of humor. She's cheeky. She's witty, has a matchless eye for the absurd, let alone the most infectious giggle you'll ever come across. You want it in three words? Anne banishes bland. The proof is in the pudding. It's not just me saying this. You don't need to take it from us. Anne gets rave review after rave review. To put it in sports ease... Anne's first string. She's a starter on this all-star team of guides. She does a handful of our regular weekly walks. For example, Undiscovered London, and Greenwich, and the heart of the city, and Old Westminster, etc. And those are just her regular turns at bat. As long as we've found our way into this baseball idiom, let's also tip our hat at Anne's pinch-hitting. Her niche walks. Niche walk-wise, she's best known, of course, for her quintet of Foodies London walks. But to that, you can add her Brook Green walk and her William Morris and Friends walk. And yes, primus inter pares for this podcast. The one that's in the limelight for this podcast. Cat Tales. A feline take on London history. A walk about cats in London history. That does seem pretty niche, doesn't it? So specialist, you wouldn't think it'd be much of a draw. But the fact that there'll be probably close to 20 people on that walk when Anne does it this weekend, October 15th, that in itself speaks to what I was on about right out of the gate. Gifted guides develop a following. And Anne's certainly got one. She's turned a niche outing into a popular draw. And now, I'm about to hand the baton to Anne. 
She's done a little trailer for us about our feline friends. It's an accompaniment to the walk rather than being about the walk per se. For the record, this is Anne's second podcast about cats. And yes, the first one, which you can hear if you go to the description of the walk, Cat Tales, A Feline Take on London History, the first one is about the walk. It's Genesis, some of the cats we meet en route, London and London history from a feline perspective. And of course, as always, Anne's touch with words makes me purr. Phrases like rodent control operatives and observations like dogs have owners, cats have staff are bliss. Anyway, that's Anne's first podcast about cats. This is her second, and it's a pure backgrounder. Not about the walk, but about cats generally, and especially how cats have conquered the internet, which was always on the cards, of course. Cats rule. Cats conquer everything. Ergo the cat extravaganza, to use Anne's phrase, in cyberspace. And yes, once again, Anne's storytelling, her phrases, make the running. And the thing to remember, this bears repeating, Anne guides like she writes, like she podcasts. So we hear, in this delightful little piece, about cats keeping dogs in their place. There's a suspicion that dogs are trying too hard, want to please their owners, knowingly doing it on purpose. Cats would never demean themselves by trying to be entertaining. A cat does what it wants. It's supremely indifferent to what its owner thinks. Very Anne, that passage. And needless to say, it's got me purring yet again. And now it's your turn. Here's Anne. Cats falling off things. Cats getting into ever smaller boxes. Cats fighting with a computer printer. Cats wearing hats. Cats dressed as baristas, ready to push your cup of coffee off the counter. Cats keeping dogs in their place. Did you know that cat videos get more views than anything else on the internet? More than 26 billion, which makes them the single most popular category on the site. Of course, all cat owners know exactly why this is. But there may be some non-catty people out there who are puzzled by this phenomenon. One explanation is that dog owners are already in a community. They meet walking their dogs. They can exchange dog news and doggy gossip. Cat owners, though, had no means of identifying one another until the internet. Now they've discovered a whole community, and hours and hours and hours can be spent watching cats being charming, irritating, funny, incredible. A whole cat-watching community has grown up. This cat extravaganza was sufficiently interesting to merit a whole exhibition in New York's Museum of the Moving Image on how cats took over the internet. Another theory is that cats are independent and don't need the same maintenance as a dog. Thus, they're the ideal pet for computer geeks who spend ages in front of the screen and are well-placed to take a short break checking up on the online cat scene and who then post videos of their cat. Dogs, of course, do funny stuff, but there's a suspicion that they're trying too hard, want to please their owners, knowingly doing it on purpose. 
Cats would never demean themselves by trying to be entertaining. A cat does what it wants. It's supremely indifferent to what its owner thinks. What the cats think about all this is, of course, a mystery, but I saw a great cartoon showing someone watching a cat video while their cat snorts in disgust. Watching a cat video when I'm right here. If you're skilled enough, you can monetize your cat. Grumpy Cat was reported to have made $100 million in just two years, and technology allows you to add some words to your cat film. This idea isn't as new as you might think. In the 1860s, Harry Pointer, a photographer from Brighton, published a collection of postcards showing cats in various cute situations with captions to match. A cat snuggled into a box is labelled Home Sweet Home. Cats gossiping over teacups captioned Scandal. Several cats grouped around an empty plate is labelled We Should Like a Little More. Don't get too snooty about this. Some of his cat photos are in the Getty Museum collection in California. The Internet Cat Video Festival started in 2012 as a kind of joke, but drew more than 10,000 fans. After opening in Minneapolis, it went on tour around the States, and it continues at St. Paul's, Minnesota. Cat films on screen, music, fireworks, food and beer. Most of that not for cats, of course. The creator of the festival watched 10,000 cat videos before making a shortlist, and visitors gave an award to Henry, or rather Henri, Paul de Deux. If you haven't come across Henri, you might want to look him up. He was created by a Seattle film student who realised that French films were viewed in the States as pretentious and self-absorbed. Henri is a magnificent black and white cat who ruminates in gloomy French on the existentialist futility of his life. English subtitles translate his ennui. The tedium, I sleep 15 hours a day. My caretakers taunt me mercilessly leaving testy snacks just out of reach. I alone feel this torment. I am surrounded by morons. You've been listening to the London Walks podcast, emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just the right size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award winning walking tour company. Indeed, London's only award winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for 20 pounds a walk, but you cannot get world-class guides, let alone accomplished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. Back in 1968, when we got started, we quickly came to a fork in the road. We had to answer a searching question. Do we want to make the most money? Or do we want to be the best walking tour company on the planet? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company in the world, you do whatever you have to do 
to attract and keep the best guides in London. You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, a guides cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason people who know go with London Walks. It's the reason we've got a big following, a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals. By way of example, Stuart Purvis, the former editor and subsequently CEO of Independent Television News, and Lisa Honan, who had a distinguished career as a diplomat. Lisa was the governor of St. Helena, the island where Napoleon breathed his last, and, some say, had his penis amputated. Napoleon didn't feel a thing if things the mot juste, he was dead. Stuart and Lisa, both of them CBEs, are just a couple of our headline acts. Or take our Ripper Walk. It was created and guided for many years by Britain's most distinguished crime historian, Donald Rumbelow. In the words of the Jack the Ripper A to Z, Donald is internationally recognized as the leading authority on Jack the Ripper. Donald's emeritus now, but he's still the guiding light on our Ripper Walk. He curates it. He mentors our Ripper Walk guides. The London Walk's all-star team of guides includes a former London mayor. It includes the former chief music critic for the Evening Standard. It includes the chair of the Association of Professional Tour Guides. It includes barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, archaeologists, university professors, historians, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs, Oscar winners, people who've won the big one, the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London walks. And that's by way of saying, good walking and good Londoning one and all. See you next time.